I just want to say happy 4th of uh, July. I know you know this, but just as a reminder, as you are celebrating um, this weekend, um, just remember that <laughs> the freedom that we experience, let's just say it this way. Any type of freedom costs somebody something. <laughs> Any kind of freedom. I, I, I mean, it's never free. It, it costs, and I was thinking about it, that as we celebrate, um, those that were the founding fathers of our nation as we celebrate the, the official founding of or... Uh, adopting, uh, I, I know there was several steps in adopting uh, the, the Declaration of Independence, but um, as, as you think about, and as I think about those guys that, that signed that, just remember that they, most all of them, uh, wound up being killed for signing it. They were literally hunted down and killed for their involvement in our nation being founded. Um, and, and it's interesting that most of those men, um, they, were, they were godly men, um, men that, that believed that uh, government should not dictate the way we worship. Aren't y'all glad? You know? That, that taxation without representation is not a good form of government, you know? And, and so they stuck their necks out to, uh, to create this thing that we call the United States of America. Um, and, and since that time, there have literally been hundreds of thousands, um, hundreds and hundreds of thousands, of men, women, and children that have given their lives to preserve that. For us to be able to do what we're doing right now. You know? Um, so don't, don't lose that. Don't lose the value of that. Um, I, I've traveled the world and I could live anywhere and serve God, but I thank God he put me here. You, you know? I just... I do. I, I thank God that he put me here. I, I also think that if, and this is my opinion, y'all can take it for what it's worth, you know, opinions, everybody's got one and most of them stink, right? So uh, uh, you can take it for what it's worth. But, but I also think that if our founding fathers could see what we have done in the name of freedom or what we call freedom, they might regret their sacrifice. You know, because here's the thing, if you really read so many of those men's journals, um, so many of their personal, uh, even biblical journals, you, you'll find that most of those men, with the exception of only a few, that most of those men that helped found our, our nation, they, they understood 
um, something about freedom. They understood that freedom was not a license to be stupid, arrogant, and selfish. <laughs> freedom is not a license to be that way. Matter of fact, they, they believed, and you may, if you got your notes, you may want to write this down. They believed that freedom is not about where you live. It's more about whose you are. Read the Declaration of Independence. It was more about we are our creators than we are Americans. Come on. <laughs> right? It's about whose you are. That our freedom is found in a who, not a where. Oh, come on. Our, our freedom is found in a who and not a where. Amen? It is, it is true. Um, the scripture, we just sang about it. Who the sun sets free is free. In, indeed. For real. Um, God kept leading me back as I was thinking about this weekend and everything. He kept leading me back. And I really questioned. I was like, okay, Lord, how does this fit? Uh, and then I, I just started digging out and, and uh, reading stuff that I had written years ago about this particular story. We've been doing some of the big ones, uh, kind of between series this year. Some of those very common, very well-known stories in the scripture. Some that you grew up in. If you went to Sunday school, there was the flannel graph and all of that. Y'all remember? Some of you remember that. Some of you are not that old. You're like, what is he talking about? Um, but, but they were those stories that were kind of like biblical foundation kind of stories. And God kept leading me back as I was thinking about this weekend to the story of the prodigal sons. Now, now some, you may say it's the prodigal son, but that's not accurate. It's the prodigal sons. There were two prodigal sons. I'm going to show you that. And as the more I read and dug it out, the more I was like, wow, it so fits where we are, even as a nation, and where we are maybe even individually and personally. Um, and, and, and it's so interesting as you dig into it. Because I look around and I see so many. How many of you know we are spoiled? <laughs> Y'all know we're spoiled, right? If you don't believe me, just ask those that just got back from Peru. They'll tell you we are spoiled. We are, we are, we are, we would say we are, we are blessed. I, I think we're more spoiled. Um, I'm just being honest. Because most all of us, have a house, food, clothing, you know. Um, most of us, we understand that we can go and do, we can worship how we want to. We are sons, just follow me, we are sons that are spoiled 
living in the Father's house, we have all we need like the prodigal sons had. In the Father's house, they had everything they needed. Come on. They had every, y'all got to wake up, right? They, they had everything they needed, but they were still sad, depressed, anxious about what they didn't have. We have it all. We really do. It's not perfect, but we have all we need. But yet so many of us are in bondage or enslaved, listen, to what we think we need. That was the problem of the prodigal sons. Is they were not focused on what they had. They were focused on what they didn't have. Come on. Anybody right up front, you want to get unchurchy and just say, yep, that's me. Come on. Come on. Don't, don't be lying in church. We all that way. We all that way. So often, we focus on what we don't have rather than what we do have. Amen? Um, and then we become enslaved to the things that we don't have. Right? We focus on those things. So, let's read the story of the prodigal sons. Everybody say sons. sons. That's right. Let's read the story of the prodigal sons and uh, just see if you don't see huh, yourself. I do. And if you don't see our nation, kind of where we are as a nation. Are y'all ready to read some scripture? I hope so. All right. Says Jesus continues. So Jesus is the one talking. There was a man who had two what? Sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property. Everybody look at this. Between between the who? That's important. We're going to talk about that. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and what? <laughs> Come on, he what? Squandered his wealth in wild living. Just watch the news. After he had spent everything, there was a famine in the whole country and he began to be in what yeah began to be in need so he went and he hired himself out to a citizen of the country who sent him into the field to feed what ah to feed pigs that's right and here's the thing as a Jewish boy there was no lower place to be Right, because they were unclean to that Jewish boy. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. 
And when he came to his, what? Senses. He said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and I will go back to my father and I will say to my father, Father, I have sinned against, come on, heaven and against, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he, everybody say, got up. Oh, that sounded sleepy. Everybody say, got up. That's better. That's better. He got up and he went to his father's house. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Can I just tell you, the hero of this whole story is the father. A couple side notes about the father. This isn't even in my notes. The father was a good enough father that he knew when to let his boy go. Come on. Even though he knew his boy was in danger. It was going to cost him. He knew when to let the boy go, spend it all. But he also knew he had planted enough good seeds. That boy was coming home one day. Come on, right? That, that's awesome. He said, the son said to his father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your, what? Your son. But the father said to the servant, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and what? Celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was what? Lost and is found. So they began to what? Celebrate. They began to celebrate. Hmm. Yeah. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what's going on? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I have been slaving for you. I've never disobeyed your orders, yet you gave me, you've never given me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, has come home, you kill the fatted calf for him? My son, the father said, you are always with me. 
and everything I have is yours. Hmm. So what do we do with that story? What do we do with it individually? What do we do with it as, as a nation? I, I'm going to give you four things. And this may surprise you, but all four of them start with the same letter. Because that's what preachers have to do. They have to make it rhyme. All right. All right. So, so here, here you go. You got your notes? That didn't sound confident. You got your notes? All right. Let's do this. All right. So what do we do with it? Well, I think he's teaching us a few things. And here's one of them. Um, we've got to recognize, huh, I need help. Come on, right? The son, well, let's just, let's look at it. It said, when he came to his, <laughs> the King James says, when he came to himself. The Victor translation, when he stopped being stupid. And my grandbabies would say, you can't use that word, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, but when, when he came to himself, when he recognized, this is not a good idea. My, my dad's servants have it better than I have right now. I have wasted everything. I have wasted everything. I need help. He recognized that. So many of us, even as believers, we live in the pig pen and we don't even know we're eating slop. We don't. I, I got a question. If you are deceived, do you know it? <laughs> no. You don't know, you know, you don't know if you're deceived. It's not till you come to yourself, till you recognize, hey, that's a bad idea, right? That's not true. It's when you recognize, when you come to your senses, or when you come to yourself, and you recognize, you know what, I'm still a son, I don't deserve to be a son. Maybe my dad will let me be a slave. Because his slaves have it better than I do right now. As a people, as a nation, can I just say, we need to recognize we must, we must, must, must have the Father's help. We must. We absolutely must. We need God's help. So once we realize, huh, I'm in the pig pen. Once we realize as a nation, guess what? I'm in the pig pen. I'm wasting the wealth that the Father has given me. I'm wasting it. It's gone. What do we do next? Well, the first thing is we recognize. The next thing is we repent. Everybody say repent. repent. We, 
We think that's a bad, like a bad word. No, that's a freeing word. I, I, I actually called this freedom because, you know what? Until you repent, there is no freedom. You, you're, you are, you're still a slave. The scripture says you're a slave to the lie or a slave to the sin. You are slaves. Repentance brings freedom. In this guy's life, in the younger son's life, it was when he repented. He said, I'm going to go, and I'm going to repent. I'm going to go repent to God and my dad. Did y'all see that? Repentance, it was to God and it was to his dad. Let's look at it. Says, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I've sinned against heaven, I've sinned against you. Repentance. Huh. Did y'all know that repentance and confession are different? They're, they're different. Although I believe that repentance includes confession. But confession doesn't always include repentance. Think about that. Um, it, it's, it's true. He said, I'm, I'm going to repent. I, I, I'm going to repent, I'm going to confess it, you know, because <laughs> you guys realize we can say, uh, okay, I did this, and I'm sorry, and there's no repentance. Being sorry is not repenting. Come on, because often when we're just sorry, Oh, man, I'm sorry. We're sorry because it got us in trouble or we got caught. Come on, right? Right? That's not repentance. It, it's not. It, it, it's not. Matter of fact, the Greek word for repentance is metanoia. Everybody say metanoia. All right? It's metanoia. Um, and and it, actually, it actually is this... And, and I love this definition. This is literally the English translation of metanoia. And, and, and you may want to, I, I don't know, I think this may be on your notes. Repentance or metanoia is a change in the mind that results in a change in direction. So repentance is... I am living in the pig pen. I want to eat the junk that's there. That's my mind. And that's my direction. I'm going that way. Right? Repentance is when I go, I don't have to go that way anymore. It's a change in the mind. <laughs> he came to himself. He came to his senses. He was walking this way, and something clicked in his mind and went, my daddy's servants got it better than this. How dumb am I? 
Come on, right? It's a change in the mind that results in a change in direction. See, being sorry, I'm sorry I did that, oftentimes don't change the direction. Come on. It's so often it doesn't change the direction. I'm sorry I hurt you, but I'm probably going to do it again. Right? Repentance is, wow, that was wrong of me. Come on. It's a mind thing first that causes me to go, I'm walking away from that. I change my direction. I change my direction. That's repentance. See, the prodigal there, he repented to God and to his father. I also believe that repentance, that part of repentance is confession. He asked God for forgiveness, but he also asked his father, forgive me. And here's why. <laughs> because God cares. You see it all through the scripture. That God cares how you treat people. Come on. That the way you show your love for him is how you treat people around you. So it's not really <laughs> repentance if it's only to him. Are y'all hearing me? It's not repentance because he wants me to, if at all possible, make it right with you too. Are y'all with me? All right? That, that is so, it's so key that, that you understand that. Matter of fact, James says it like this. Therefore, confess your sins to who? Each other. Everybody say that. Each other. Yeah, and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So that you may be healed. Huh. Because the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and what? And effective. That's right. It is. That, the word healed right there actually means freedom from what's wrong. From error. That's the actual definition of that word, healed. It's freedom from error or freedom from what's wrong. Freedom from sin, freedom from what's wrong, maybe even in your body. I'm just going to say, sometimes I, I'm not sure that we, we experience healing like God wants to, us to experience healing because there's something here that's messed up. Just throwing that out there. All right? Because I also believe that you can, how many of us know, and, and we've, all, we've all done this, that we confess to God, God, I am so sorry I went there again. I'm so sorry I blew up again and got mad. I'm so sorry I went to that site again. I'm so sorry, God, forgive me. And then we make these statements. 
God, I'm never going back there again. Anybody besides me? Bunch of lying folks right here in church. Come on. God, I'll never get mad like that again. God, I'll never go there again. I'll never use that tone of voice again. God, I am sorry. And then, how many of you did it again? I just want to throw this out there. Could it be that you ask forgiveness from God, but you didn't ask forgiveness from the person you hurt? And you didn't confess it as sin. I, I sinned against you, my wife. Are y'all hearing me? Because I believe healing comes when both happen. Come on. Healing happens. I get power over that lie. Um, it's, just, it's just true. Um, and, and let me just say this. You, you may want to write this down. You don't, you don't have to confess to everyone. Matter of fact, I probably should have said, don't confess all your sins to everybody. Can I get an amen? <laughs> we don't want to hear it. Uh, <laughs> <all right. laughs> and we don't have that much time, all right? I'm just saying. Uh, okay. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to confess to everyone, but everybody say this last part. But you must confess to somebody. Because when we say it out loud, it carries a different kind of weight. We hold each other accountable. Are y'all hearing me? Right? There's power in that. There's freedom in, in that. Uh, all right? But here's, here's the thing. Um, Satan loves to work in the darkness and in the shadows. Come on. In the nobody knows what I'm thinking but me place. But when I confess it, he loses power over that. Come on. Is that fun? No. Is it, un is it uncomfortable? Yes. But is there freedom? Yes. Because there's healing that comes in that, that area. It, it's kind of interesting that all through the Old Testament, and I think about that even when it, when it comes to our nation, you read over and over men of God in the Old Testament that would confess and repent for the sins of their nation. They would confess and they would repent for the sins of the nation. And so often, in that 4,000 years of written history of the Old Testament, over and over and over, when confession and repentance, even from God's people for the nation, God would begin to heal the nation. I can say this over and over and over and over, and you hear me say it over and over and over. 
don't point a finger at lost people for acting lost. It should never surprise us when lost people act lost. It should surprise us when saved people act lost. Come on. Come on. Matter of fact, the scripture actually says, don't judge the lost. You can judge each other as the family. Y'all know it says that? We don't hear that very often, do we? <laughs> it says, we can judge each other in the family. Don't, don't judge the lost. Because I am convinced that the pattern throughout the entire scripture was the nation goes as the children of God goes. So what happens in our nation right now is more a reflection on the church than on the lost. And if you can find a scripture to tell me that's not true, I want to hear it. Because the pattern of the entire Bible speaks to that being true. Come on. That wasn't in my notes. That was just extra, all right? So, <laughs> uh, but it is so, so true. Because here's, how, here's where it happens. Um, well, the next thing that we need to do, all right? Uh, write this down. We must renounce the lies of Satan, the, the lies of the enemy. We, we must renounce. We, we recognize we need you, God. We repent. Uh, we've done this, God. To God, to each other, we repent, right? And then we renounce the lie that got us there in the first place. Are y'all hearing me? We renounce, because y'all realize, I'm going to say it like, like this, every bondage begins with a lie. Every bondage, we're talking about freedom. Every type of bondage starts with a lie from the enemy. We spent months last year talking about that. How when you believe the lie of the enemy, that's what begins the trap of who you're not, who you, who you can't be, who, come on. Anybody? Somebody said something to you when you were in middle school and you've carried that lie your whole life. Come on. Anytime you screwed up, all you could hear was your dad or your mom or your aunt or your uncle saying you're worthless. You'll never be worth anything. We believe the lie of the enemy and we give it power. Come on. Am I talking to anybody but me? I mean, seriously. It happens. And I believe even as a nation, we have believed some lies. And we bought those lies. We have been given so much freedom. <laughs> we have. And it's cost dearly to have it. <laughs> but we so take it for granted. Or we abuse it. 
or we just still act like we're slaves. Come on. Right? Right? Aren't y'all glad you came to church today? <laughs> this is such an encouraging thing, right? I'm going to get there, all right? Uh, <laughs> I want you to see um, the absolutes of, well, well, yeah, I want you to see the absolutes, the lies that this son, the oldest son, bought, all right? Y'all know he was a prodigal because he bought some lies. He believed some lies of the enemy, and he was in bondage even though he never left home. He still had the best of everything, but he was a slave, all right? And let's look at it. Look at these absolutes. Now his older son was in the field, and he came and he drew near to the house. He heard the music. It says, so he called one of the servants, and he asked, what, what is this? What's going on? And the servant told him, your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father's killed, your father's throwing a party. But he got what? Yeah, he's like, I'm not going in there. I'm not going in there. So the father comes out, and he says, hey, all these years you've been my son, you have served, you know, and he goes through the whole thing. And, and, but look at this. He said, I, I've done all these things for you, Dad. I've, what, look at the word, everybody say, never. Have you ever met a kid in your life that never? <laughs> or that always? I've never done anything wrong, Dad. <laughs> I've always been here for you, Dad. Yet you never gave me a goat. <laughs> you never gave me a goat so that I could have a party with my friends. How many of you know that whole thing is a lie? He believed the lie. He honestly thought, I've always done everything right, <laughs> and I've never... Can I tell you, even in marriage, when you start using those absolutes, you always do this. You never do that. Let those words, when they come out of your mouth, go, oh, man. Because how many of you know, if they always and never, you would have never married them. <laughs> Right? Now, they may be right now, but they have not always and never. Always and never is like an entitled way to look at it. You've always done me wrong. You've never. But he's going, hey, I've never done wrong. I've never done anything wrong. I'm the perfect kid. But you've never even given me a goat. <laughs> I love that. I've never had one of my girls say, you've never given me a goat. But, <laughs> but, but that's a lie. Because we read earlier that he gave him everything. See, in that culture, the father would one time give the inheritance. You could not partial it out. 
over time. So the only way he could give the younger son his part of the inheritance was if he at that moment gave the older son his part. It's the only way it worked. And it says in the scripture, he gave them their inheritance. And in that culture, the the younger son would have gotten one-third of the father's possessions when there was only two. All right? When there was two sons, the younger son would get one-third. The older son would get two-thirds because he was going to be the one to carry on the family name. That's just the way it worked. So not only did the older son get two-thirds, he got everything. The father had nothing left to give. Y'all see that? The father owned nothing because he had already given it all to his boys. So the son, the older son, was whining when he owned everything. Think about that. He was whining and crying. The father, you never let me have a party with my buddies. You never gave me a goat. And the dad should have said, no, you've got 10,000 goats that I gave you. Come on. All the goats are yours. All the land is yours. The house the party's in, it's yours. Are y'all hearing me? Man. He he was a prodigal because I believe he had what some might call a religious spirit. Can I say it that way? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, a, A spirit of, and the reason I use the word religious is, is... Religion so often is about us working our way or being good enough. Relationship with Jesus is recognizing I'm not good enough, but he accepts me and paid it for me. Are y'all hearing me? All right. So, so the, the, the spirit of the prodigal older son was the spirit of dad At least I'm not like that sinner brother. At least I'm not like those people down the street. And see, part of the reason I believe that so often as a body of Christ in America, we still in the Father's house. We still got everything that he has given us. We act like we have nothing. And we point fingers at everybody else. because, And we say, at least I'm not like that group of people. Come on. At least I didn't waste it all like my brother wasted it all. Come on. Somebody say, Al, say something. It's true, though. It is. 
At least I'm better than those people out there. Sometimes we buy the lie that we did something for our salvation. <laughs> right? 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 Like we earned it. God, you owe me now. I don't know. That's not what I read. Anybody else? You, you know, it's just, yeah, yeah. I, I've never partied like they do, you know. How <laughs> I many of you ever felt this way? I'll be honest, I have felt this way. God, why do all of those sinners get all the breaks? <laughs> Come on. Come on. The enemy loves to blind us with the lie. And we believe the lie and we own the lie. Well, my dad was that way, so I'm that way. My mom was an alcoholic, so I am. I can't help it. Can I just tell you, that's not how... <laughs> Jesus paid for your freedom we don't have to carry those curses anymore. I don't know who that's for, but you got to know that. you got to know that. You do. Because here's the thing. He desires for us to live in freedom because he paid for our freedom in full on the cross. Anybody? He paid for it. So who am I? Let me just tell you who I am. I, I am adopted into a brand new family. Anybody else? I am. I am a child of God. Who am I? I'm born again by the word of God. Anybody else? I am kept by the power of God. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Anybody else? Yeah. I am seated in heavenly places with my Jesus. That's who I am. I am more than a conqueror through Jesus. Come on. I am. Greater is he who's in me that's he that, than he that's in the world, right? That's who I am. So I need to stop believing the lie. I need to believe, not believe the lie. Resist the lie of the enemy. And then, last thing, I need to receive the gifts of the Father. This is the good stuff. This is the good stuff, because look what it says. The father said to his servants, quick, bring the robe, put it on him, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Let's go kill the fatted calf. We're going to have a party. Isn't that what it said? Isn't that what it said? Yeah. 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 So here's, here's the thing. What, what gifts? I, I want to run through these very, very Quickly, what are the gifts? Write, write this down, the robe of righteousness. Amen. Uh, he, he said, let's put a robe on him. And, and the robe of, of righteousness is actually the picture of right standing with the Father. In other words, when he put that robe on the son that had been living in the pig pen, at that moment, everybody around knew that boy is in good graces with dad. Are y'all hearing me? That boy is in right standing with the Father. Matter of fact, in Isaiah, it actually says that he puts the robe of righteousness on us. Come on. 
He puts that robe of righteousness on us. Um, and, and if we're going to get free and live in freedom that was paid for by Jesus, the, the first step of that is, is receiving, rejecting sin, receiving his forgiveness, which is receiving his righteousness. Come on, right? His righteousness. All right? And then the next thing, write this down, it was the ring. Put a ring on his finger. And the ring was a symbol of authority of the father. If you remember the story of Joseph, that, that literally um, Pharaoh gave Joseph his ring. It was the ring. And when he put the ring on Joseph's finger, it said, he has the same authority as Pharaoh. He has the same authority. He is a he, he is the guy that is equal with the Father. Are y'all hearing me? The Father not only put the righteous robe back on the Son, he made him equal with the Father. Now, does that mean he got the inheritance back? Nope. But he was equal with the father. See, the father had already given all that away. Come on. Are y'all hearing me? There was still consequence to it. But in everybody's eyes from that moment on, the younger son had the same authority as the father. Had the same authority as the father. In Luke 10, he said, the scripture says that he has given you as sons and daughters authority over every power of the enemy. Amen. Isn't that good news? Authority. He put a ring on your finger. And then sandals. And the shoes literally represent, which I had time to dig this out, but I don't. But... They literally represent power. And the power that he has offered us is not arrogance. It's not the power to be right. Matter of fact, what does it say in Acts? He says, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will receive power. Power from on high. So power is not a thing Power is a person. It's the person of the Holy Spirit. Are y'all hearing me? I wish I had time to dig that out more. But that he wants you to put on the sandals that represent power. Power. And walk in freedom. Walk in freedom. So, let's wrap it up with this. I want you to think about this. As a nation and as a person, I need to recognize where I need help. I need to repent to God and to somebody else. Come on. If I really want to be free, if I want to live in freedom, I need to recognize, you know what, there's some areas of my life, God, I need your help. I am in bondage. I'm living in the pig pen. 
And then, and then I need to repent. I need to change my mind in such a radical way that I change direction. And, and then I need to renounce the lie. What lie got me there in the first place? What lie was it that he told me that got me there in the first place? I renounce that lie and I receive the Father's gifts. I, I want you to think about that. We're going to take just a moment. I've got just a couple minutes. And, and we're going to take we're going to take a little bit of time. Because see, he paid on the cross for you to receive the gifts. Amen. The gifts of the Father. The robe. The ring. The sandals. They've been paid for. But do you walk in it? Or do you still act like slaves? <laughs> I confess, there's areas of my life I still act like a slave. You know? And then I realize, you know what? I'm just listening to the lie. He has made me new. Anybody? Maybe for you, that lie is about forgiving somebody. Maybe it's selfishness, lust for things, depression, anxiety, whatever. I don't, I don't know. Addictions. Would you right where you sit right now, just confess to the Lord first. Just say, I need your help. I'm a son. I, I'm a daughter. I don't have to live this way. My dad's got better stuff for his slaves. Got to recognize it. And, and then repent. It's a choice of the mind that's going to lead you in a choice to make a different direction, to go a different direction. And now I want you to think about this for a moment. What, what lie are you believing that keeps taking you back there? just keeps trying to put you back in bondage. 
renounce that lie. Maybe where you are right now, you would just say, Jesus, I thank you that you paid for my freedom. For freedom in every area of my life. wonder if you would just right where you are just say it in your own words but just Jesus I receive your robe of righteousness because of what you did not because of who I am I, I receive a ring of authority that I am I'm your son I'm your daughter and then maybe what you should do right now is just say Holy Spirit fill me with your power your presence I give you permission to be in charge I want to live free and I wonder if right where you are you just say thank you Jesus, I am free. Some of you can't say it. <laughs> you need to make that confession. Thank you, Jesus. By your power, I'm free. Father, as we have personally had a moment with you about what's going on in us, Father, collectively now, we, we just lift up our nation to you. Most importantly, we lift up your church. Those of us that would call ourselves followers of you. We recognize as your church, we need your help. And 
we repent for not being the church. For not acting like it. For not living like it. And, and we right now, as a representation of your church, we renounce the lie of the enemy that says you're done with this nation, that change can't happen. I rebuke that lie in Jesus' name. And Father, we just pray and we just receive. On behalf of the church, we just say, we, we want all that you have for us. to be the church you, you promised in your word that if your people who are called by your name will humble themselves seek your face and turn your people turn from their wicked ways then you're going to hear, hear from heaven and you're going to heal their land that's our prayer today Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.